On Tuesday of this week, the, many of the priests of the diocese and a number of our permanent deacons gathered in Wilmer for uh, clergy days. It's an annual, uh, semi-annual affair every uh, fall and um, midwinter, usually in February and around MEA uh, in the fall. Uh, we have these days, and it's the first time in 18 months that we've had uh, pastoral leader days in person. Our, uh, one of the two presenters was Dr. Mary Healy, a phenomenal scripture scholar and, and just a, a wonderful theologian who shared on the Gospel of Luke. And of course, that was my gospel. It's, I wrote my MA thesis on the Gospel of Luke, and, and uh, as she was sharing, it was, it was bringing back so many good things and, and being able to make connections. And uh, because of my uh, knowing the Gospel of Luke well enough to go beyond even what she was sharing. So I uh, invite you today, although we're in the Gospel of Mark, to buckle up because uh, I cannot help but look at this reading in the very same way that she was inviting us to look at the various passages of the Gospel of Luke. And one of the things that I've said before, and I'll say it again, when the Gospel writers give us a detail, we're supposed to pay attention. And today, Mark is so insistent on this particular detail that he repeats it twice, and you probably didn't catch it. If we heard it in Aramaic or Hebrew, we would have. But in, in, in Greek, it's barely, in English, it's barely understandable, this double mention. As Jer Jesus is entering Jericho, he encounters a blind man, Bartimaeus. And Mark tells us, son of Timaeus. We might recognize there's a little rhyme there. Well, it is. The word Bartimaeus, the, the name Bartimaeus, Bar meaning son, Timaeus meaning Timaeus, is repeated right away. Son of Timaeus. And so we might rightly ask, well, why would St. Mark tell us that? And it happens to be that Timaeus is related to a word that means filth. He's a beggar. He's treated less than human. He's begging on the roadside, begging on the way, as Jesus, uh, the main entry into Jericho, most likely. He has his cloak spread out in front of him, waiting for a few coins to come his way so that he can earn his keep. That he can, well, begging, if you call that earning. There's nothing he can do. He's helpless in a society that, that is geared towards the able-sighted and able-bodied. He is unable to work, unable to earn his own food except through begging. He is the lowest of the low, perhaps, sitting in the filth of the gutter. And the crowd treats them such. When he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth, he immediately in his mind makes a connection, though, Jesus, son of David, have mercy, have pity on me. Son of David, referring to not only in the line of David, but the one who is, or at least should have, the rightful throne of David. How is it that he's made that connection when no one else has? Maybe he had a spiritual sight, despite his physically blindness. He calls out and calls out, and the crowd, shh! Be quiet. He doesn't want anything to do with you. Your filth, maybe. The taunts, 
the Jews, but he does not listen to them. Instead, he calls out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. No, anyone in his sheep might have said, uh, might have said, I, I need food, I need money, I need a house, I need, I need this and that. No, he goes right to the top. When Jesus calls him, all of a sudden the crowd changes their tune and say, cheer up, take courage, he's calling you. <laughs> because it's Jesus who calls, he immediately changes your tune perhaps. And Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? Master, I want to see. How did he know that this Jesus could heal him? After all, it's not everyone that can go around healing somebody who's blind. Even today, doctors who uh, uh, work with eyes, it's very difficult and it takes extraordinary levels of, of expertise to restore sight depending on what, what kind of uh, disease or malfunction is going on in the eye, is very, very hard. It doesn't happen at a snap of a finger. And Jesus wasn't a surgeon. He says, I want to see. He's not just making a statement. He's making a request. He knows Jesus can do it. He knows it. And Jesus, go on your way. This is a different way, by the way, than, sorry, too many ways, uh, a different word way. It's go, go your, your own way. Go wherever it is you're going. Uh, go ahead. You're going to get your sight. Your faith has saved you. And instead, he immediately follows Jesus on the road, the very same road that just a few verses ago he had been sitting in the gutter of if they had gutters in Jericho. He was no longer a son of filth, but a child of God and seen as such. I find in this, this whole story something of profound reflection because there, there are so many things that, that perhaps in our own lives we are like Bartimaeus. Perhaps sometimes we've forgotten our dignity we think we're children of filth because of maybe the sins we've committed or the patterns of sin or the brokenness we experience, the hurts we've caused or have been caused to us. So often we might, might uh, have a little bit of courage to cry out, and yet the world calls out to us, Shh, be quiet, you can't ask for that, you're filth. And if, even if it's not the world, certainly Satan and the evil spirits call out to us and say, you can't ask for that. Who do you think you are? You're nothing. He doesn't care about you. Or sometimes we're like the crowd and we're calling out to others, shh, Jesus doesn't want you. How many times in my own life have I told somebody, that's a silly thing to pray for. Actually, I have not said that lately. But sometimes we silence those who are bold in their prayer, in their faith. And how many times have I listened to those things, those crowds, those evil spirits? Okay, fine. I'll just curl up here in the little ball and keep my cloak in front of me and just beg for the scraps of the world instead of going to the one who created the world. Bartimaeus is a profound man of faith. He's a man of deep, abiding faith. That he has the courage to continue to ask 
Because he knows something about Jesus. He knows that he's more than the son of David, more than the king apparent. He's master and Lord who's able to restore sight. Do we have the courage to be like Bartimaeus? To be bold in asking for what we need? And again, I can't get around it that the very road that he sat on, he goes, and how are we called then? Once we experience Jesus Christ, and maybe some of us haven't experienced ever in a physical healing or or an answer, a physical answer to a prayer, but all of us have experienced spiritual healing. I hope we have. We experienced it in the sacrament of reconciliation. We experienced it, and perhaps we were too young to, to really know its power, but we experienced it in the sacrament of baptism. We experienced it here in this Eucharist. We experience it in a million ways every day. And do we have the courage to follow Jesus on his way? Or do we go home our own way, a different way? Do we do it ourselves, or do we follow Jesus? At the beginning, I said, none of the gospel writers give us details without a reason. I'm convinced of this. Do you know that so many of the healing stories, we don't have the names of those that are healed? Think of the ten lepers and the Samaritan who comes back. We don't know his name. Or the, the other blind men who are healed. Or the widow's son at name who's healed. We don't hear the names so often. Why don't we hear those names and we hear Bartimaeus? Well, anytime there's a name in the scriptures, it tells us this is somebody important. Either they were important to the story, to the gospel at the moment of Jesus Christ, think Herod or Pilate. Or they were important to the early church. Peter, James, John, the Blessed Mother. We can add Bartimaeus to that, apparently. That his life was changed when he stood up, threw aside his cloak, which was his formal way of making a living, and instead followed Jesus on the way because he had the courage to ask for healing. Our name will, will ne- never be written in the Gospels, of course. But I pray that our names are written in the book of life. That we, too, will be known to be followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. Changed by an encounter. Changed because we have the faith to keep crying out like Bartimaeus. Changed by Christ. Christ.